Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we are going to do a wrap-up of UK's regular football season. Uh, they still have a bowl game that they're going to play in. According to Mark Stoops, the team voted to play in the bowl game. My guest is Josh Moore, the football UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We're recording this on Wednesday, December the 9th, 2020. We're going to talk about how the team did this year. We're going to break it down defense, offense, and we're going to talk about the offensive coordinator position. Mark Stoops is now in the market for an offensive coordinator uh, after parting ways with uh, Darren, with Darren Henshaw's quarterbacks coach and Eddie Grant, his running backs coach, and his offensive coordinator. We're going to get into that as well. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it with Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald League and Kentucky.com. I guess now on the podcast is Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, John. Nothing nothing going on. It's a nice, peaceful, relaxing December. Not a bit of news. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean nothing's <laughs> going on? There's always something going on. Even when the season's over, there's something going on. Okay, this is, this is kind of our football regular season wrap-up. Uh, podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the season, but we're also going to talk about the bowl, and we're going to talk about the offensive coordinator opening now that uh, Mark Stoops has uh, parted ways with Eddie Grant and quarterbacks coach uh, Darren Hinshaw. Uh, let's talk about the season first, Josh. What uh, overall four and six against a ten game all SEC schedule? How would you characterize uh, this season now that the regular season's done? Well, four and six, I mean, just taking at face value is obviously disappointing when you hear that number. I do think, though, you got to start from the place that they actually finished the season. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, they, they played. Right. Didn't have you know, no cancellations or postponements on any of their games. Yeah. One of the few teams to do that. Yeah, they they go the whole, you know, the only the only thing that affected them all year was when they had their schedule shaken up from, you know, through it wasn't because of them; it was because of other teams in the league. They they kind of flipped some games around, but outside of that, they you know, and they and they had you know their own roster got affected, and they insisted on playing through that. And and, and you know, whatever you make of that, um, you know, it, it says a lot that that they wanted to finish and 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 complete the season and and get through to what they were. And you and and you, and you know, and and you people, you know, I think. Towards the end of the season, people got frustrated that they were playing those games at Florida and against Alabama. That you know they did, you know they had some some key guys out. I don't know that those results. You know, you probably don't get embarrassed as much. Maybe I don't think the actual results would have been any different based on how those games played out. Um, if you'd had your full roster, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, you, you definitely weren't going to beat out. But, no, I agree. It might have been a little but, closer, but I don't think it wouldn't have changed the. W or the L, no. Right. So I, you go down there and, and you're, you're, I think, you know, I don't know that you say you're happy with how the season played out overall, but, you know, it's, I don't know. I think you can read it both ways because it is, it's, it's, it is incredible that they played 10 games. When we see what every other team, you know, pretty much every other team in college football has had at least one game canceled. And, you know, there's going to be a few SEC teams that are going to be really, uh, you know, cutting it close here. Uh, as far as getting their full schedule in, uh, it doesn't seem like it seems like there's a few that aren't going to happen. Right, um, right, right. But I think uh, you know you 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 won four games that you that were on your schedule before the coronavirus pandemic, and if you 
you know, it's hypothetical, of course, but if you play your regular schedule and you have those games against the Mac schools and a game against, you know, a Louisville team is, is disappointed way more than you have this year, I think you, you know, you end up with an eight win regular season at least. And, 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 and you're, you know, you're feeling really good about where things are going. Maybe you're a little, you know, you're probably still disappointed with like an eight and four year when you come in and, you know, with the big expectations that they had of maybe challenging for SEC, but I still don't think you feel as bad about it as some people maybe did after this season finished. Um, so, no. you know, I, overall, I think I think people need to be, um, you know, keep that in mind. And especially, and I think a lot of people that were frustrated got what they wanted, you know, at the end of the season. they Whether they cared about the record or not, they, uh, you know, there's going to be a change in the offensive coaching staff, and I think that's what the biggest frustration for most people was. You know, not just this year, but even the last few years, and, and but especially it kind of it became a, a, it, it was a market issue this year. Yeah. So, what about the argument that uh, someone made to me? They didn't really beat anybody. They, I think, the combined record of the four teams they beat was was six and twenty eight, or is six and twenty eight? What about that argument? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, you know, obviously it, that doesn't sound good, but it's you know. I mean, you say you didn't beat anybody. You can very definitely say that. But, you know, one of those schools in South Carolina, they beat you last year. Right. One of the schools in Tennessee, they've <laughs> got a long history of right. wolfing had, up on you. Right. Had not won there since in Knoxville since 1984, and you accomplished that this year. You beat Vandy. Obviously, you can't – if you lose those guys, you're in trouble. Right. And you, you beat Mississippi State, who – you know, as a coach that I think a lot of people, there's still probably people out there that wish Mike Leach were coaching here. And <laughs> I got and, a lot of those emails, especially when Joker <laughs> Phillips was coaching, that they wanted, yeah, and, wanted to go after Mike Leach. And so you, you, yeah, you're okay. So you didn't beat anybody. Fine. That's, that, but you, you, guess what? You still beat four SEC teams. You can still, yeah, you know, they still count as SEC wins. Right. They still count wins over teams that you're recruiting against. That's the commonality between all those programs. Their teams, that UK often finds itself in recruiting battles with, you know, they, they beat, you know, Alabama or they, they get into battles with Alabama and, and your Florida's, you know, occasionally, but they got to pick their spot with those schools. You know, you kind of, if you're going all a recruit that, that's, you know, kind of picking among those kind of programs, you have to feel really good about, you know, spending your resources going after a guy like that. You're really, Kentucky's building its program, beating Tennessee, South Carolina, Mississippi State for for for, for players, and and that's how it's gotten to where it's gotten, and it's going to have to keep doing that. And anytime you lose against schools like that, you're you kind of take a chink in that armor um, when you're going out to, to you know in battles. I think that's something. You know, yeah, their records suck, but most teams in the SEC's records suck this year. It's not uh, <laughs> right. right. They're not alone. That's, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. there's only a handful of teams with winners that are going to finish with winning records in the league, and you know, so you got to beat whoever's there. And yeah, they should have beat they should have beaten Ole Miss, and you know, I think Missouri. I don't think Missouri is you know that much better than like their record is going to be pretty decent, better than Kentucky's, at least a game or two better. And I don't know if they're that much better than Kentucky. You know, and, and you know, like if you play a best of seven football series. 
you know, I'm not convinced Kentucky wouldn't win that series, you know. Right. But right. You know, they won. They lost that game, though. And that's what matters. Okay. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's break down defense, offense. Let's go defense first because when we get into the offense, we'll have to get into about the offensive coordinator opening. Uh, how, overall, how did you think the defense played this year? I guess it's hard to say that they were. I don't know. There's things that you that stand out and, and impress you still. Um, overall, I mean, it, it's tough to look at them and say that they weren't. You know, they didn't seem like they took a step back. But just be, you know, again, some of that's probably, you know, your your stats get buoyed a little bit by playing those, you know, lower level teams. So there's, I don't know how to really account for that. You know, the the difference in when you're looking at, you know, just the SEC schedule versus a schedule that's kind of mixed with different opponents. I think you, um, you know, individually had a lot of guys that that really impressed. I mean, Kelvin Jones. Excuse me, Kelvin Joseph, um, you know, uh, know, bails at the end, but had a, you know, pretty mixed bag of a year. But, you know, you could see the flashes. You could see why he was a guy that they were happy to bring into the program and try to make something out of. And, you know, Quentin Bohanna is obviously, you know, a dude in the middle who who really, um, I think, showed why he could be an NFL draft pick. There seems to be some talk that he might be a, guy that would be one of the um, seniors that might would think about coming back, which you know we can probably get into that maybe a little bit later, but obviously that would be a massive, you know, pickup going into 2021. Um, you've got a lot of those younger guys, Brett, behind, you know, on the, especially on the D-line and, and in the defensive backfield that I think, you know, going forward, guys are going to have to come out and prove that they're um, – you know, able to be in the SEC and and, and get you got them games against SEC you know talent. You you got to see looks from from a lot of guys that you wouldn't have had even in a normal year. I mean, those guys would have been they would have played probably against your Toledo's and stuff, but they've been kind of waiting in the wings. I think you know the you know pass defense still was pretty strong. I mean, you you for as frustrating frustrating as it was to see how you know some of those scores. You know, statistically, UK came out looking pretty good, you know, more often than not in, in, in some of those HD games as far as the pass defense goes. I think it was it was interesting that they they never really – to me, it didn't seem like they ever really got the pass rush to where they wanted it to be. You know, they had some guys that, you know, a few games here or there that, that really um, – Made a difference, but it was it wasn't what you it, we kind of gotten accustomed to watching, you know? right? And right. and I think that you know that's obviously an area they'll want to try to get back to, you know, going into next year and and maybe play around and, and see what you can do in a ball game with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, overall, I, yeah, I thought the defense played okay. I mean, when you give up sixty three points to Alabama, but Alabama's you know they're a ridiculous offensive team and. You know, and, and a lot of these games they didn't get much help from the offense, which has been kind of a uh, well. That's the problem. That's the thing too that that you know it's hard to evaluate the defenses because they're probably I mean they're out there just right so many snaps they're there for you know, the big chunk of the middle of the season. It just it's just you know right. it's hard. To, how do you weight that? You know, right. One thing they did do uh, 
like you said, one thing they did do was before the season, Brad White, defensive coordinator, said, you know, they they needed to make more big plays and more playmakers. And as far as on pass defense, like you mentioned with the interceptions, you know, they did, um, you know, did a much better job, you know, this year. Uh, hope, you know, and I'm sure they'll hope they can carry, carry that over. Uh, the other thing, too, is like with J.J. J. Weaver uh, getting hurt with the ACL, hopefully he'll be back because he really showed – uh, some really good signs that he can develop into a, a really good player. But uh, I'm fortunate that he got hurt there towards the end of the year. Hopefully he'll be able to make a full recovery and be back for uh, be back for next year. Um, uh, okay, let's talk about the offense. Obviously the offense struggled uh, to the point where Mark Stoops decided to make a change. Uh, he relieved uh, offensive coordinator Eddie Grant and quarterbacks coach uh, Darren Henshaw from their duties. Obviously, they're going to have to replace John Schlarman, who uh, passed away during the season. So there's going to be – Eddie coached the running backs. So Darren coached the quarterbacks. So you got quarterbacks, running backs, and offensive line. Uh, but f- before we go in, get into those openings, obviously the offense struggled. If you had to put your uh, finger on one or two things that caused the offense to struggle this year, what, what do you think those one or two things would be? I think it starts – with the receivers, I, I, I still we've got into that a few times, you know. But I just don't know. I, I think they have players, but I don't. I don't know that they. I think you know. And Mark, uh, it was nice that he finally admitted, you know, and whether it's you know whether it was him admitting it or just looking to kind of lean on an excuse um, during his news conference Sunday uh, after the you know the news came out that they were letting go of uh, Grain and Henshaw. You know, he mentioned the, that last year hurt them. Yeah. You know, with having to block and not, get, you know, basically giving away, you know, a, a season of of chances to get, you know, get the ball and kind of build up confidence and and get going. Um, what was still, you know, kind of boggles my mind is there were guys though last year that kind of you know, had flashes, showed flashes, and that were just total non-factors this year. You know, Bryce Oliver was hurt. He was dealing with an injury all year, so he kind of never got really going. Cleveland Thomas was a guy I was expecting to be, you know, a, a big big factor this season. He was just – I don't know if he had a catch. I don't remember if he even had a catch this year. Yeah, I, and, I'd have to look at the stats. I don't have them in front of me, but I don't remember many. <laughs> and it's just – you. so you look at – now, though you lose two guys that you come into the season thinking are going to be able to give you something, Josh Ali did what he could. He's not a number one receiver in the SEC, though. And, and you know, it, it just it's not to me, at least. I mean, I think he's a good receiver. I think he's definitely an SEC guy. But he's just – you need – if he's your best threat and there's no one else out there, you know, helping him, then he's just going to – he's going to give you what he gave you, which was – you know, a few touchdowns, 400 yards or something, and, and there you go. <laughs> and it's just, right. um, you know, it, it's frustrating that, you know, they didn't – that they couldn't figure out a way to, to take some pressure off those guys and create some more room for them. It, it, you, know, it's, you know, they got – they figured some things out with the tight ends down the stretch, and I think that was probably – you know, if you weren't going to lean into <laughs> – you know, I, I still think there's a world where they probably could have done what they did last year with Terry Wilson, and or you know with Lynn Bowden, just done that with Terry Wilson to, to some degree a little bit more than they did. And, you know, that's neither here nor there, and and 
and it's understandable why they wouldn't do that. But you, you know, you so you don't get anything going in the, you know, receiving core. Terry, I think was good, you know, or, or at least okay. I think he, you know, it. it I don't know that he's he got better from when he you know first came here as a sophomore in 2018 to now. I think he's. You know, I don't know that he, I think he's the same quarterback he, this year that he was in 2018. Um, maybe, and you could probably, you know, say some of that's the, the, you know, the injury obviously have, you know, to deal with that. And, and then you go and, um, you know, you have a, you obviously become a father and, and then the virus. I mean, there's a lot of things you can pin that on. Um, but it just didn't seem like he got really better. I mean, he still showed, you know, tons of, um, athleticism he was you know super fast you even you know doing things that that you know you can see why he you know was a starting quarterback still think even despite that what i just said he was definitely the guy who should have been starting all year um so you know you you wonder about that if he could have you know been freed up a little bit more by by not being injured or you know maybe getting more um it's more one-on-one instruction with a, you know, in a non-pandemic um, situation. But you know, we you've got to, everybody dealt with it, right? You right. know, so they kind of were what they should have been. Even looking back on it, I mean, the, you know, they they were a one-trick pony in 2019, and and they were unable to, uh, you know, I, it definitely carried over in the 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Now they just can, you know, they came into the season and wanting to have a more balanced attack and they just could never get that done because they just were not successful passing the ball and pushing the ball downfield, which I think ultimately also hurt their running game as well. Uh, and they didn't have, I think the big thing last year, you know, you got Lim, you're one dimensional, but your one dimension's pretty good with uh, Lim Bowden. And so he could make explosive plays for you either on his own or create them for other people because you had to account for him in the backfield. And they just were never able to do that this year uh, without, without Lynn Bowden. And I think that hurt him, uh, especially against, you know, especially against good defenses. Um, so, uh, well, let's talk. Okay. So, well, let's talk about the offensive coordinator opening, which is obviously, you know, a big opening. Uh, well, first of all, were you surprised that Mark made the move that he did in, in, in getting rid of Eddie Grand? You know, it's funny. It, it like, so like at the beginning of last month, I would have been surprised if you'd asked me this November 1st, I would have said yes. Um, because it just didn't, even though things were going, you know, clearly weren't going the way they, they needed to go. Um, you know, between the money, like the cost of what it would take to buy somebody out and, and the relationship and the, and the virus, you know, it just kind of felt like everybody was going to get a, a free, you know, free pass. And then I don't, you know, I, I still kind of think even if they went that direction, it, you know, probably would have been, probably would have been fair. Um, but after, you know, the last, those, those games in, against Florida and Alabama, when it was just clear that Kentucky was, you know, I don't think Kentucky went into those games thinking we're the we're at the same level as Alabama and Florida. And I think those teams are at two different levels, by the way. I think Alabama is one level and Florida is like, you know, closer to the level that Kentucky's trying to get to next. You know, I think Alabama is still pretty miles ahead of everybody. Mm. But your your 
it becomes so clear just the stark difference in what you're able to do offensively compared to those two programs. And, and Mark, you know, you, you get a firsthand look at what they're doing and how easy it is against a good defense. I mean, it's not like Kentucky is a bad defensive team. Right. And, and, and based on how Eddie, especially, you know, we haven't talked to Henshaw in a while, but Eddie, just the way he spoke in his last few availabilities, it seemed like, it seemed like, you know, Sue said, you know, during his news conference that they had been talking about it for a few weeks, kind of to get you know, him leaving and, and, you know, looking back on those abilities that Grant had the last few times we talked to him, it was uh, you know clear that kind of he was kind of talking about those conversations, talking about them. You know, like right. he he kind of knew that he these were his last few games coaching, right? Uh, so I think you know it became kind of clear then, and and you know, and, and just the in the in the in the calls by the fan base, you know, yeah. during that time too. I mean. They've been kind of calling for him, you know, most of the year, but especially down there, down the stretch. So, so by the end of the, you know, I get to to get to your point to answer your question, I wasn't surprised. You know, yeah. I kind of went <laughs> south game expecting to, to have pretty pretty quick. I don't know that I thought it was going to be right on Sunday, yeah. um, but I I definitely was expecting it to be pretty, you know, this week, and uh, right. you know, it's 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 you know, I think it, it's it's frustrating i don't know if you want to get into like you know the 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 you know just grand time here as a total but I mean, it's nothing that stoops hasn't said i do think you you know you you, know, you understand it but it is you feel bad for the guy oh, yeah. you know even though he's you know you know it's like people so i don't understand people who you know yeah he has a 2.3 million dollar buyout he'll be fine yeah financially he's gonna be great that's i don't feel bad for him in that sense he's gonna get paid and be okay but it's still okay to feel bad for somebody when they clearly, I think, right. you know, it didn't seem like it, was, it seemed like he wanted to be here and was happy here and had done some really good stuff here. And, you know, and guess what? He'll probably go find a job. He, you know, he'll get hired. If he wants to coach, he'll get hired. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I, so, I feel bad for Eddie. I think Eddie did a overall, I think he, you know, they went to four bowl games and about to go to a fifth and, uh, I thought he did a really good job, you know, in uh, 2016 when Drew Barker was going to be their guy. I was gonna, they were going to throw it around a lot with Drew Barker, and he got hurt early. Basically, he had his college career, his football career ended, and they had to go with Steven Johnson, a Juco kid, which none of us knew much about when he came in, and they ended up, you know, going to the first bowl game they'd been to since 2010. And then same thing last year when he had to reinvent the offense when Terry went down. Terry Wilson, after the in the second game, ended up moving – couple of games later move Lynn Bowden to quarterback and they ended up winning eight games and you know went in a bowl game so I think he did a good job I wasn't I thought maybe their relationship was so close I thought maybe Eddie would step down but then of course I'm naive me I sort of forgot I guess if you step down you don't get the buyout you don't get the 2.3 million so I think they worked out a deal uh you know to do it this way so Eddie would get the money that was promised to him probably um but uh, but I can see Mark's – I can certainly justify Mark's what – you know, they, they have to do better. I mean, they had six games this year where they didn't get 300 yards total offense, and it's hard to win football games, especially in this day and age when your offense is not producing. 
And uh, so, uh, and I think they were worried about recruiting. I think with recruits, there's some good. They've got some good wide receiver recruits. They lost a recruit a couple of weeks ago. A commitment from a wide receiver out of Ohio that I think they really liked. And there's some kid. Uh, Mark Story and I talked about this on the podcast that we did earlier in the week. There's some good kids in the state coming up who are good offensive players, especially a good couple of good quarterbacks. Uh, so I think they were worried about that as well. So, okay, now let, okay, oh, yeah. let's, well then, let, oh, well, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was going to say, and especially when that's in your when those kind of guys are in your backyard, you know, you, it most forces you to have to do something because you know they're hearing it more than anybody, right? You know, exactly. You, and I, I don't know, you know, you know, I don't know what their status is right now with Kentucky or anything like that, but. That's definitely a concern when you've got the, like you mentioned, you got those kids in your backyard. You want to make yourself as attractive as you can to those guys, because those two, uh, a couple of those guys, it sounds like are going to be like national recruits. You're not going to be fighting the, just the regular people. You're going to be fighting some powerhouse schools. Right. So okay, so if you're Mark Stoops, what, what are you looking for in an offensive coordinator? What do you What do you want? <laughs> You're, well, jo- you're Josh start- Moore. Let's say this. You're Josh Moore, and you're hiring the offensive coordinator. What are you looking for? Well, well what I want what Mark wants might be two different things. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd want uh, – you know, I want I want Steve Sarkeesian. I want whatever Alabama's doing. <laughs> well, let's go into the assumption you're not going to quite get the players that Alabama's getting. But okay, well then you're Mark Stoops. What are you right, looking? No. I mean, what are you looking for from a standpoint? Do you want somebody who's going to be an air raid guy? Do you want somebody who's going to be more no. of a balanced guy? Uh, you know, what do you what do you, you are you looking for a young guy, up and coming guy? Or no, are you looking for an older veteran type guy? Uh, what are you looking for? Definitely. Definitely no to the air raid. Uh, the big no to the air raid. I like teams that run the football. I love you. I tell you what, I, my first year on the beat, I couldn't have been had more fun than those last six, seven games last year. I, I loved it. I loved the, you know, I, I'm definitely more of a run over pass guy. Yeah. Um, and just because, you know, I, I think it's partly because I just like, I like high school football a lot. And you see the teams that, you know, I come from an area where there's a lot of teams that run like a, you know, option offense or just kind of line up and pound down your throat. That's just kind of what I grew up really watching and liking a lot. Um, but, no, yeah, balance. I mean, you want, you know, I mean, Stoops said it all year. It's what they wanted. So I can't imagine, you know, he'd go out and get something that's, you know, not bad. You know, he's going to tr- do his best to find a guy who's, you know, you probably lean past a little bit, but, but kind of float in between, you know, you know, I mean, you got to have somebody that that is, knows what they're doing conceptually, you know, in the 21st century. And not not saying Eddie didn't know what he was doing or that anybody that they've had didn't know what they're doing, but but even in the time that from from when Graham was hired to now, you can definitely see from just in that five year period how much college football changed offensively at the top. You know, like with your 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 big teams. Um, and, it, and it's filtered down, and so you have to be, you have to be multidimensional. You have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to to look at your stat sheet before a game. It, it, you know, your opponent has to be able to look at your your stat sheet before a game and 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 think, oh, we got to worry about them throwing the football. The other thing with Kentucky, they had there was game there was a point this season. You know, before the South Carolina game, they trailed Navy 
in total passing like in passing yards per game this year. Yeah, it's hard to I do. Mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they were like you know they they were only ahead of Georgia Southern Army and Air Force. <laughs> and they, you know, guess what? All those teams run the triple option, right? right so exactly. Uh, three of them are academy yeah. school, or two or three, yeah, academy <laughs> schools, right? Yeah, and, and Navy also the triple option was ahead of them. So that's just like that tells you what you were, if you were game planning for Kentucky, what you were kind of thinking, and 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 so and it, it made it makes it even worse when you know that teams are are playing you that way, and then you still can't produce. Right. You know, like right. you go out, oh, we'll catch him off guard. Maybe we'll hit him for a 40-yard strike downfield. And, and it just, you know, you don't do that with any regularity. And, and it's just, you know, you have right. to have that part of your – I don't think they're going to – it's what you're gambling, what you you might be at risk of losing if you're Kentucky, if, you're, if, you, if you don't go about this in the right way, is you don't want to lose your identity as far as a team that, you know, like a blue collar team that you, right. you know, you line up those big up front and, you know, you want to still be able to, to run the football. Cause guess what? You've got a lot of really good running backs in your room and, and including the guy who might be the best running back coming back next year right. in the league. Right. And, and so you, you, you don't want to lose that part of your identity. And, and I don't think they will. I think that that'll be a big, you know, you know, your point of you know, you know, pride team going forward, or it needs to be, and because you definitely don't need to lose that. Um, so yeah, I think they'll bring in a guy who definitely, you know, create you know, has somebody who's you know, you know, no, just it's been around a lot of talent and knows what they're you know looking at as far as. Um, a 21st century offense needs, you know, what that needs to look like. Yeah, and I think he's going to look for, yeah, I think he's going to look for a guy or he's going to want a guy who's going to be the run game is still going to be the foundation of the offense, but he's going to be able to pass play, more play action, which they could never really get going uh, this year. Uh, I My personal, what I think and kind of what you're hearing scuttlebutt is that he's uh, might be looking for a younger guy. Uh, I do think, and yeah. I wrote about this. Uh, I put it on the blog. I think he's, uh, from what you're, he- what we're hearing, and so forth, that he is gonna that the NFL is definitely an option for him. Which he said on uh, when he was asked that question on Sunday, because he was asked the question, you know, Brad White is defensive coordinator. He hired him uh, as an outside linebackers coach. And Brad's experience was pretty much exclusively in the NFL. He had been coached with the Colts before that. He hired Matt House. Uh, to be outside linebackers coach and ended up promoting him to defensive coordinator. And Matt had a uh, NFL background. He ended up going back to the NFL to the Kansas City Chiefs, where they won the Super Bowl last year. And then Brad, he named Brad to take Matt's spot. So I think the NFL is definitely an option for him. That doesn't mean that's what he's going to do, but I think it's definitely. I think he's definitely an. Um, I think he's definitely consider. From what we're hearing, he's definitely considering that. Um, so I don't know. We don't know for sure who the guy that's going to be, and uh, I think he would. Obviously, I thought a telltale sign was he said that he on Sunday that you know he wants to get one named as soon as possible, obviously for recruiting. But he also said in the bowl game somebody on the current staff is would be calling the plays, which leads me to believe that it's going to be somebody that he's willing to wait on somebody. 
Well, you know, if it's an NFL guy, he would probably have to wait till the NFL season. He could go ahead and name him, but he'd have to wait till the season was o- NFL season was over before he, the guy could come in. As long as the guy can come in before spring practice, because that's when they really put the offense in, I think he'd be okay with that. Or if it's a somebody on a college team that's going to be playing, you know, in a bowl and wants to stay with their team, you know, through the bowl or even a college football playoff, if it's somebody from one of those schools. So, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head with all that. I, you, 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 you want a guy in place. You know, I, I, the job listings are out there, and um, you know, people can make of those what they want to. As far as the, the uh, update them on the job uh, listings in case they don't know. Yeah. So, so there's one job listed for December 10th. Um, Me- meaning that they, two- December 10th to apply, right? The deadline, right? Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, that's the deadline to apply, and then there's two with with deadlines to apply that are the 14th of, the, of this month. So, so you're looking at a timetable of, you know, in theory, you should be able to, you know, because we, I mean, we know how this all this stuff works. I mean, they have to go through the proper channels, but you kind of, you know, know who your guy. You talk to guys and stuff. You know, you, you talk around. Because um, <clears throat> again, you don't you don't talk to Eddie and playing this out without already kind of thinking and like getting your, your wheels spinning as oh, far as like, absolutely who, who you might want to, you know, kind of contact and reach out to, um, or vice versa. You, you, it starts, I'm sure there were probably people who, you know, caught wind of it and reached out to Stoops, you know, the, the other way. Um, oh yeah, so not you, to interrupt you, but I think that's definitely a possibility, especially now because you've got coaches that are scrambling around for. This is the time of year when they start scrambling around for jobs and thinking about where am I going to be next year. And you might be a coach on a staff where you think your guy's going to get fired, or there's a, or a chance, or might he might be on the hot seat and he might only be there one year. And you're thinking I got to get out now before you know next year rolls around. I don't have a job after next year. So I think yeah, I, that's always a possibility. Uh, where a, like a last minute name could pop up or something like that. Oh yeah, you. So I think you you bring in a guy. So so with those dates in mind, that, that puts you at a timetable where you know in theory you could make an announcement before signing day. Right. You know, um, that's the sixteenth, and that you know next week, next Wednesday, and and so you get people excited going into that, and and or maybe you wait and. You know, it kind of depends on um, how they want to handle it from a PR perspective. But I think you want, you would like to have that known ahead of time, you know, going into that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Get no. people jazzed up. Right. And maybe get a surprise, a surprise recruit or, or something to commit and, right. and because of it. And, and so you look at all that and, and think, you know, this is a, you know, so, so those three jobs, you know, the, the first one's probably, I would think the OC is the, the December 10th mm-hmm. uh, deadline. The other two are the, you know, the O-line coach and the, uh, um, whatever the other position coach is, it, it could be, you know, you know, it could be backs or quarterbacks, depending on what the OC coaches. So, right. um, or I guess they, you know, in, in theory, the, the, uh, OC, I guess could coach the O-line, but I don't, I don't, I have no reason to think that'll be the case. But. No, that's that's unusual. That's unusual in this day and time for that to happen. So, and and I should I should uh, mention that we are recording this on the ninth. So, we're talking about the tenth is tomorrow. 
uh, that that would be the deadline for that one opening for for applications. So, uh, okay, before we wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about the bowl game. They are going to go to a bowl game. Uh, Mark said uh, Sunday that the team had voted uh, to play in a bowl game. As we have said before, there are no res- uh, restrictions about you have to have six wins to go to a bowl game. That's been taken off the table this year because of the pandemic. Um, because of COVID, uh, do we have any uh, two two questions? Do we have any idea where they might be going with the in the bowl game? And number two, do you think the he'll have a full complement of players for the bowl game? And I don't mean, of course, we don't know with COVID. I mean, you could get right up to the bowl game and lose a bunch of players. But do you think that most people will opt in to play in the bowl? Uh, the players. I'll start with your second question. I, I do think most will. I know. I, 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 I do. I do. I do think they will have some guys who sit out, uh, whether that be, um, you know, it could be for a litany of reasons, but, you know, obviously COVID would be a prevailing reason for many and a very understandable reason. And, and you know, and there are years where you, you know, you, I think the program, Kentucky, you know, they've not had guys opt out of bowl games, you know, previously. And But I think if there was a year where you can say to, to anybody, any player that says, no, I'm good, um, I, I I would not blame any player for for you know. And Mark, Mark right now, right. yeah, Mark said that Sunday. You know, if they he basically said if they didn't want those that didn't want it, who voted not to play in the bowl game, hey, he said I understand that, I get that. So uh, he, he I think he was giving the message. I'm not going to hold it against you if you decide, hey, I want to sit this one out. Right, and I think that well, and especially because especially after some you know. They went all year, basically. They basically went all year and didn't have an opt-out. I know Kelvin Joseph jumped ship there at the end, but whatever. Um, yeah. That, you know, that was pretty – those guys, they, they, they got a pretty good commitment from from a lot of guys. Um, you know, because there's guys that probably there towards the end of the year got into that COVID protocol and could have said, eh, to hell with it. You know, I'm just going to, you know, sit out the last month. And they didn't. And that's, that's you know – I mean, that'd be tough as a 19, 20-year-old dude, you know, and you can't do anything and you're, you're, you're just confined to wherever you're confined to. And, and, you know, that would be hard to, to, to say, okay, I'll wait it out and come back and, you know, play for this football team that isn't going anywhere. Right. Um, and then that's, you know, says, you know, so yeah, they, cause now they're, cause now what they're going to have, you know, to, to deal with is they've had a, a week or so off and they'll come back and, uh, or they'll have to decide, you know, do I want to go back or do I want to just wait till the spring, basically? Because, <laughs> you know, some of those opt-outs could be seniors, um, but some of them could be like sophomores and, and stuff that, you know, guys that are going to be part of the program moving forward, you know, for sure. But, you know, maybe they just need a break. <laughs> they need a, right. a, mental, a mental, you know, um, break from football and, and I'm sure some of them will look at it and say, well, maybe, you know, who knows what things will be like in the spring. I mean, we don't know for sure that spring football will be normal. Right. Um, no, that's we true. Can, we, can, we can hope. Right. Um, and I'm sure the SEC kind of, you know, knowing since, you know, by then it'll be a year since all this stuff has started, they'll probably have a better plan for what that will look like if it ain't normal. Yeah. But um, you still, you know, hope that it's, you know, maybe as normal as possible and, so we'll see, but yeah, I think so. So that you know, to to answer that question, I think they'll most of their guys. I do think will buy in and, and come back. As far as where they're going, 
Well, a lot of it's just guessing. I mean, they're obviously not going to be in the Citrus Bowl or anything like that. They're not going to be, you know, the Outback Bowl is the bowl that it's so, I think it's so silly that the SEC includes that in the pool of six, you know, the, the six like, you know, bowls that they basically are like matchup based allegedly, right. except, you know, somehow the Outback Bowl is always the, the, as the best matchup. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, Matt, you know, the Outback Bowl is still in a different class of, of, of the sticks, you know, at least how it's treated. Um, you know, so you're looking at, uh, you know, you're not going to go to the Texas Bowl. That's just geographically doesn't make sense. Um, you're not going to be, um, you know, the Gator Bowl is a possibility, but it's probably, um, you know, it, you know it's kind of, it'll be between the Gator Bowl, the, um, the Liberty Bowl and the Music City Bowl. Yeah, um, I would guess I'd bet I would bet on one of the Tennessee bowls just because it's close and and you know that it's a, you know those those, those matchups to be and you're looking at a I think the Big Ten uh, that you'd be playing in the Music City and then in a Big Twelve team in the Liberty Bowl. So you've got some kind of intriguing matchups there. Um, you, I think right now I think Iowa was. Maybe one of the you know kind of picks in the in the it'd probably be Iowa or Wisconsin is what you'd be looking at in the Music City Bowl both teams that would be you know opponent wise I mean you're actually you you know you'd be looking it'd be a pretty high caliber opponent as far as like a you know right. you know top five ranking or whatever so it's a right. good opportunity for a, um, possibly and you know and then uh, you know and. and the Liberty Bowl would be a little bit low. I mean, probably like West Virginia, which I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think Kentucky would it would be in their best interest to avoid West Virginia in a bowl game. <laughs> don't want to play um, Neil. Yeah, don't you, play you don't Neil want Brown. to. Well, you don't want to play Neil Brown, but you also don't want to. That's another team where you're you're recruiting against them. You know, you find right. yourself in some recruiting wars, and um, you don't need to throwing around the. <laughs> You know, the, a win over you in a bowl game, uh, yeah. um, as a in, in that you know, give them ammunition basically. But I think, uh, you know, it's I'm more fascinated by how the bowl, you know, how it all plays out because it's like you, you, so they'll have the selection um, show or whatever that'll happen on the 20th, and you know, so it's still a week away, more than a week away. Right. But you, um, in that intervening period, how does all that come together? Because you're talking about, you know, you, you're going to do programs to be on the same page as far as their COVID situation. Um, you know, none, you know, none of those leagues. Well, I guess the Big Twelve played some out of conference games, but you know, none of you know for the most part, none of these schools have played out of conference games. Um, you know, the, the protocols need to line up, and and how do they? So how do they sort through all that? I don't know. It's going to be it'll be fascinating to watch it all play out, and and how you know. Will there be contingencies in place? You know, say Kentucky, you know, goes to the Music City Bowl, and all of a sudden Iowa has an outbreak three days before. Will there be a, an option there for somebody to step in? Will they allow, you know, teams to practice? Like uh, I think right now they're not even allowed to be practicing. Kentucky's not, um, and it's and and so I don't know. It's going to be yeah, it's you know, going to be a be mess. I think it's going to be a mess, but that's just me. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Uh, we, okay, we need to wrap this up. Um, 
uh, one, one other thing I wanted to touch on with you real quick was uh, signing day. Uh, tell the people when signing day is. We'll have a podcast uh, either before or after signing day. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but the early signing period is coming up, right? Oh, yeah. It starts uh, December 16th, next Wednesday. And it, lasts, it only lasts a few days. But you know, So last year you had a few guys. You had a couple commitments the day before. Those guys signed. You had a big signing. Joe Williams signed, I think, a, the day after. The, the early period tipped off. Uh, he's a cornerback, a four-star cornerback that they picked up last year. Um, so you'll have, you know, a lot of news. You know, and, and then obviously, you know, possibly like we got into earlier, <laughs> a new OC uh, gets announced. Right. So, and next week is going to be a big week, yeah. you know, as far if you really care about the behind-the-scenes stuff with UK football, you're, you're, you're going to enjoy next week a lot. I don't know how they're going to – I've not asked how they're going to um, – you know, usually they have like a recruiting show. The last few years they've had like a, right. a show, and it's actually good. I mean, it's a really pretty good production. Um, you know, they usually have the coaches, you know, talking about guys as they uh, become official. So when they can talk about them, um, and 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 you know, have a, some good insights there. Um, I don't know how that'll look this year. It'll obviously be different, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so that's fine. I mean, you're, you're you know, we're expecting the math seven minutes right now. I would think, you know, they probably either add a couple more, you know, guys kind of lay that usually tends to happen, or, you know, there's a, a lot of rumors about transfers out there. Um, right. and, and that'll obviously, you know, because there's that, they're going to change that rule where guys can be immediate eligible. So that kind of, you know, that'll change things up. And, and also, you know, something to watch out for. I mean, don't be surprised when you start hearing about Kentucky having some transfers out of the program. That just, you know, I know that people sometimes get bothered by that, but that's kind of, you know, it's become pretty normal now. Right. Um, it's right. part of how, you know, football works is, you know, they're certainly not the only program, you know, that, that, that'll lose players this, this offseason. That's for sure. It might be, you know, it's going to be a pretty crazy offseason, I think, for a lot of teams. Right. So Josh will be on top of it. So be sure and follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. Follow him in uh, Kentucky. And uh, online at Kentucky.com in the print edition of the Arrow Leader. And like I said, we'll have a podcast next week. We'll we'll figure out whether we want to do it before the signing day or after. May may do it after signing day when we know more or the signing period there when we know more about who they did get and talk about those players. So uh, be sure and uh, look for that. So Josh, thanks as always for being on the podcast. Maybe you'll get a rest here sometime. Maybe we'll get a rest here. <laughs> I don't know exactly when that's going to be, but they'll sometime maybe. Well, at least I, I don't, I don't have to. uh, I've been talking about this with some other reporters who cover UK. It's like, you know, it's like I don't know how some of y'all do it that have to deal with you. I don't have the only my my role as far as the, uh, um, you know, UK basketball coverage at the Herald Leader for the most part is just sitting at home tweeting, you know, and and that's just that's that's that's, well that's just. For fun, you know, I don't, I don't contribute. Like, there's some reporters, or you know, at, at our paper and and at other, you know, organizations that kind of have to stay on top of football and basketball. I don't, I don't know how you all do it. I don't. Well, <laughs> we just do it. Just, just do it. You go in. Yeah, this is the this is the hard part of the year when it's overlap when you have the overlap with football and basketball. But uh, we'll see. I'm just thankful that we had some games, considering everything else that's going on. So. Well, Josh, I appreciate it again, as always. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, it's always a good time, John. I appreciate you having me, man. 
Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Josh Moore, the UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. You can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who gives us a rating and review on the podcast, in which you can find these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned in, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Thanks to everybody who supports the podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. You can get a Sports Pass subscription, $30 for the first year. You get Jerry Tipton on UK basketball, Ben Roberts on UK recruiting. You get uh, Josh on UK football, Jared Peck on high schools. You get columns from Mark Story and yours truly. Thanks to everybody who supports our work. We really appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. We'll have some more coming up soon, including one preview in the Kentucky Notre Dame basketball game on Saturday. So look for that later in the week. Again, it's John Clay. Thanks again. I appreciate it. We'll be talking to you again soon.